Everyone knows that sex sales, but where do you draw the line when you're trying to run a respectable business? That's what I'd like to ask today's guest, Ron Lynch, the president and founder of the Tilted Kilt Franchise Operating Company, who appeared on the hit CBS show, Undercover Boss, by the way. The company whose restaurants are famously... All right, they're PG rated. Began franchising in 2006. I, can they be PG? Let's talk to him about that. Today, we have approximately 105 locations of Tilted Kilt around the country, and they're continuing to grow. That's that's pretty doggone good. Get over 100 locations, that's a pretty good franchise. I know this because I've been a franchisor myself. He joins me to discuss what he learned from his experience on Undercover Boss and his prior restaurant experience, the decision to enter into somewhat of a controversial business, and the future for Tilted Kilt. Welcome Ron Lynch to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, so right off the bat, I have to ask you, because something in your background just popped off. You... You had opened 100 Schlotsky's Delis in multiple states. Did you own those, or did you work for the company? I owned eight of them. Eight of them. And I was an area, eight of them, and I was an area developer. And an area developer is like, um, like in the legal profession, they call it a two-tier system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, where I'm like the master franchise, and I can bring people in. And I, do, I, I essentially do all of Schlotsky's work in that area. But I'm an indiv- I'm an entrepreneur and I own my own business as an area developer. Got it. Which is the way it works in the franchise world. I've done a lot of franchise. I've been a franchisor myself and a franchisee, um, both. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, Great. you know, I, yeah. I totally get this model, and that's a good way. And it's a good way of doing it, right? Because you're 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 living it and doing it at the same time that you're selling it to other people for them to do it. That's correct, and and uh, and Slotsky's Deli trained me, and I, w- I attended a lot more training and, uh, than a regular franchisee would. So that, it, and I was the conduit to, to pass on all that training and information. Yeah, well, it's also kind of when you're doing it like that, Ron. I mean, and and somebody comes up and says, "Hey, we shouldn't do it this way." You kind of know, like, no bullshit. This is the way you should do it, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's the, in the ideal world. That's the way it should be as a buffer, and you should you should know the lies. And we try to get all, all of our ads because we do the developer concept with the tilted kilt, and we give them all of the lies. This is why we do something. Yeah. They can answer the franchisees because they deserve to know. Well, why are we doing it that way? Yeah, you know. So. Well, you've got a lot of great experience in franchising and the restaurant business, which led you to your you know, to the big success that you've got now with the tilted kilt uh, concept, which I, I got to tell you, I hadn't heard a lot about it. I remember seeing the uh, episode um, because I, you know, I used to work with the guys on, on CBS and Undercover Boss because uh, I had some oh, good yeah. friends that were producing it, and they tried to get me on the show a couple times, but I was too well-known <laughs> in the business that I was in, which I'm sure I want to get into a minute about how you disguise yourself and everything else because I think that's kind of cool. But uh, how, did, how did you come up with the idea of Tilted Kilt? Well, you know, after I sold out of Slotsky's Delis, I, I began to look for something that, uh, that either an idea that I could 
start or come up with or something that I saw out there that I thought that I could take and expand. And I saw the, the Tilted Kill in the Rio Casino. I said, you know, that's enough different. That, if you would, a little tilted. Yeah. <laughs> and that uh, this would work. It would. It's an inter- entertaining concept. And I felt like, you know, the last thing that we need out there is just another Me Too, another yeah. boring restaurant concept. And I thought, well, if we can entertain our guests at the same time they're dining, we've earned our money. How did you no, – no, you said it was in the Reno Casino? Is that right? The Rio? It, it is in, in the Rio. The in Rio. Rio in Las yeah. Vegas. Oh, well, that's where my friend Penn and Teller, they play there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah they, that's right. They have a great show. Yeah, for for well they've yeah. been yeah for I don't know a long time they've been there and I every long time I'm time. in Vegas I always get together with with Penn and we have uh, dinner in the restaurant not yeah. in the not in the Tilted Kilt are they still there do they still have that concept in there no they're not they've changed that over they were in that Mar- Mardi Gras Village area where they they have a practice of changing it over and keeping it fresh and yeah. they were there for their term of years and and uh, and in the Las Vegas it operated quite a bit different you know they mostly were open in the evening mm-hmm. and uh, um, but they had the the name the costumes the attitude that we're looking for and the entertaining uh, uh, vibe that came from them so that that's what I was interested in was the bones of the concept itself yeah and what you know what when you saw that you must have been walking through the casino must have been in the restaurant you saw it or did someone call you and say hey Ron you should take a look at this a friend, yeah, a friend of mine called me and said, you know, because he knew, he was in the restaurant business, he knew I was looking and, and thinking about starting a concept or, or getting a concept. He need to take a look at this. He said, it's enough different that I think it's got some uh, uh, potential, and, mm-hmm. and that's what prompted me to go. So did and when I when you think about it now this is just a top line so I hope you don't get offended but I'm gonna just it kind of looks like the Scottish version of of Hooters, but but it's got to <laughs> yeah okay I mean that's a, when I first think <laughs> we're, we're all, you know no I'm not offended at all okay. and we're often compared to Hooters you know and Hooters is a you know a company that's been in business for a long time fifty yeah. years and hopefully we have that long a tenure and still going yeah and a very you know, successful we're to one them. Too, yeah. Yeah, very. And we're compared to them because of the sex appeal of our, our outfits. And But, you know, we kind of um, depart a little bit there. Our, our food is, we go to much bigger effort than historically Hooters has gone to on their food. Yeah. We have a full bar and we have put much more influence on the uh, sports gearing. And, uh, uh, and always have. Now I know Hooters is is changing their philosophy a bit, and, and they're putting in bigger kitchens. You know, those old Hooters were pretty confined to to what they could do in their kitchen because they were so small. Yeah, they have and, been small. Uh, they are small. They they did a little bit more with the bar, right? Yeah, and so they're changing it a little bit, and they're trying to go actually where we are already, and uh, with uh, full bar and a bigger being. Mm-hmm. You need that food aspect of it, don't you? Or is the is the food an attraction for the bar, or the bar attraction for the food, in terms of profit? Uh, yeah, I think it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for of course our servers and the sexy costumes are the hook to bring people in. But I tell you, it's the food 
and a good value on on the beverages that keep people coming back. Yeah. If we don't have that, then it's a one one time shop and we're done. I'm, cur- I'm curious, Ron, because and I'm going to go. I actually was up playing around on the website. Um, you know, you know, certainly want to download the calendar and do the calendar, get the calendar. That's an unbelievable thing. I'm not going to say that to my wife, but I, you know, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, but um, with with the fact that you got this like, this is Scottish tent to it, right? Do you, do you feature? Because uh-huh. I'm a I'm a huge Scotch guy. Do you do you feature like certain types of Scottish drinks and or Scottish uh, scotches? Well, you know, uh, we're Celtic themed, you know, which is uh, Scottish, Irish, Welsh, Great Britain. You know, they all wore the kilts during a period of their history, and 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 we pay homage to the to that. And we do. We have Scotch eggs. We have, of course, the fish and chips from England, and and we have uh, several different things that are that are on on our menu that have the. The name Michaela Southwest Chicken Salad, you know, a lot of it has been Americanized, but it has the name and the flavor throughout the the menu. But do we have haggis and that kind of thing? You do have no. haggis. I was going to say, come on, you can't have haggis. Do you real? I like haggis. I actually like it. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. But I like well, things I'm like chicken sure. liver and stuff like gizzards. I like all that kind of stuff. I enjoy it all. You know, I, we would serve haggis if I think we could really sell a lot, yeah, a well, lot of it, and keep it fresh. Yeah, a lot of people have problems. Hey, let me take a quick break. I think take a couple of breaks. You like it? That's how I get paid. I got. Some, in fact, here's I got a couple of great franchises. You guys are great, great franchises. I got a couple of great franchise um, companies, and the one I want to talk about is Dunkin' Donuts because you know Dunkin' oh, Donuts. Yeah. yeah, they're they're America's, as you know, all day, every day stop for coffee oh, and baked yeah. goods. In fact, they sell more than. 30 cups of coffee every single second, I and I grab a double espresso and sometimes even a donut every single morning before heading to the office. Now, this morning, I had I grabbed a quad because it was going to be a long day, you know. But uh, that's uh, so <laughs> to, runs on Duncan, right? It, exactly. And so, and all business, this show runs on Duncan every single day. Are you do you drink coffee, Ron? You got to be a coffee drinker. I do, I am, and you know, in the restaurant business, you know, there's coffee always around you, yeah. you know, and that, that that's a vice I have. I I try to cut myself off about two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I actually about six p.m. is about when I. But I usually have two or three events in the evening. Like you know, last night I was emceeing a a big charitable event, so I didn't get home until late. So by the time I'm, I'm still tired. It doesn't make a difference if I have a big coffee or not. Here's a good question for you. Um, you know, since you kind, you acquired the intellectual property rights to Tilted Kilt, then. Right? Is that how you got correct. it? Correct. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, that is I, correct. I saw that back in it's it said in your in the bio two thousand and five and you began franchising two thousand and six. Let me having started and you went with you were at Schlotsky's, then you went to, to Tilted Kilt and you had great success at the last one and looks like unbelievable success with this one because you know, you're over a hundred locations now. Um, yep. And when you that's a big number. I know that in the franchise world. You know, is yeah. it is it better to find a great idea, a create one, or does it matter? You know, um, a great idea is a help, you know, but sometimes it's just an improvement on an existing idea. Yeah. If you can do it better than the next guy, you know, then um, then more power to you. I'd, I'd say you got a business. Yeah. If you can clearly do it better than your competition so what did you see and, what, what, what did you see with the rio I mean, you, you walked in there you must have spent some time i bet you spent more than a day i bet you went back a couple different times right 
Oh, I went back many times, yeah. and it and it was it was the uniqueness of it, and I thought I'd found something different. Mm-hmm. Now, what I, what I was going after was a little bit. Do you remember TGI Friday oh. back in the day? Absolutely, I remember they were doing yep. doing the flare and yep. the, and the and the servers were just outrageous. Yeah, before they become you know, a lot more what I would call commercialized. Today, it's like mm, yeah, nobody. Exactly. It's like blah. You know, and I and, right. and Marilyn Carlson Nelson and that group uh, that, that owns it. I mean, I love her, but um, yeah, yeah, but they they've really changed it over the years. It's different. Well, they, it's corporate. They it's lost corporate. A little, it's corporate. It is. Yeah. yeah, they sanitized it. Yeah. You know, in speaking of that, I find myself being pulled that way, yeah. and because it's natural for the world to kind of drag you to the middle. Yeah, and and. You know, if we can keep our uniqueness, and that's the struggle, and I battle against it every day, you know, uh, to stay edgy, to stay on the edge and provide that different atmosphere and that uniqueness for our guests. You know, they can go to Chili's and, you know, and to Applebee's and all of these other places and provide good food and and get that. Yeah. We're, we're providing something different. We're how, providing how do you do a that? fun, edgy atmosphere. Yeah, but how do you do that, Ron? Could I, you know, with my own team, we make fun in my own companies. I've bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career. And, you know, and I have companies that I own, and I'm always rallying against corporate. We make fun of corporate, okay? I mean, to the point where we I, give corporate yeah. a name and say, screw corporate, right? So how do you do that yeah. but yet contain the franchiseness that you need to have some similarity to have a, you know, if I if I go into Tempe's location there, or if I go down to Dallas and go to that, I get a similar experience because you want that. You know, I, I'd say if Tilt Tilt's got an Achilles heel, that's it. That you hit upon exact that exact thing. You got to bring in franchisees to see the model that you see, and the edginess and the funness of it, but not going beyond that line, uh, beyond the line that makes you a you know, uh, an X rated or where, where your wife finds your the receipt on your counter. So why are you going there? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. we want them to say, well, why didn't you take me there? They had trivia night. They had, is, is that the, is that a big problem? Is that a big problem? I mean, where you had somebody that was going over the line a little bit more on that side. See, I would think they would we be have, more towards the blandness than the edginess. Well, we have, and we have both extremes. Mm-hmm. And so that's, what's difficult. And sometimes, and you and you laugh about corporate, and I wish our franchisees would laugh in the same way about our corporate office. Yeah, that's corporate. They don't have any fun. They're dodgy and that kind of thing. I wish they would say that about us. Yeah. But sometimes we have that knee-jerk reaction when that person go over, over, goes over the line and it's like off with their head, you know. Yeah. And we overreact, and rather rather than dealing with the one specific instance, we said make a rule, and make a rule. Corporate is always good about making rules, right? Yep. You know. So. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so you, I, you, we do, we do that all the time, and that's it, it'll kill a business. It kills the culture. It will kill it, and we fight against that. As a matter of fact, that was one of our my messages to our corporate staff here. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, we got to stop making rules. We can't keep making rules. We got to do our job and deal with the individual instance mm-hmm. or the in, individual happening that, that that caused us to make that rule. We're, we're handling it in the wrong way. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's important. And you ask what makes our our brand entertaining is it's the way we hire. And we have what we call the host program hiring only spectacular talent. And we, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, but they're just hiring beautiful, cute girls that fit that costume. No, not at all. When they come come into our place, they do an interview with us, and we call it an audition. And we say, okay, we'll role play with them on two or three things. And they say, okay, I'm the guest. I'm sitting at the table, and I've just given the international sign of I need help, which is look left, you look up, you look left, you look right. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the international sign, I need help. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now approach the table. Yeah. Now, I don't care. I don't care what they say to me at that time. I'll teach them the correct things to say, but I want to see if they'll interact with me. Yeah. And if they'll smile at me. And first of all, I'm smiling myself throughout the inter- the audition because it's hard for a person not to return your smile if you're smiling at them. That's and a good point. That's true. If, That's true. If if they won't smile back at me, then that person won't work for us. They won't smile. Um, and that's just a simple test that we train people to smile at them. Smile. See what, so you just, you just will told they everybody return how to, that smile? You just told everybody how to cheat the test right there. Just start smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're smart enough to cheat the test, then maybe... You should work out for you it. should hire him, yeah. <laughs> hey, let me take another break. I got another great uh, franchise. I just, just spoke here recently at their convention um, to all their franchisees. I'm talking about Liberty Tax. These guys have been a great sponsor of ours. And, uh, you know, tax season could be different times for you, so you want to think about that. You know, certainly got your personal tax season. We all know that comes in the middle of April. But outside of that, you got business taxes, so don't forget to talk to Liberty Tax. They're one of the fastest. Well, they are the fastest growing retail tax preparation firm. They have over 4,000 offices across North America. It, I tell you, I was so impressed with these franchise owners and the people working for them. You talk about people who are enthusiastic. They love their customers, and, you know, I, I don't love doing this stuff, but these guys love doing this stuff, and more hats to them. So, hey, if you're looking for a, a service for your business, okay, or you're looking mm-hmm. for this as a franchise opportunity, hey, don't forget, you know, we've sold a number of franchises that have been listening to the show, and they've gone to Liberty, so thank you. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. So um, let's get back to people. Um, And I mentioned about Liberty Tax being great people. I said to somebody in an interview, I was interviewed for a show uh, earlier today, and they said, what's the one thing that you see as a common theme? And I said, people. People, people, yep. people. Yep. I hear it from every successful business owner that that's one of the toughest things they've gotten. It's 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 hard motivating and getting the right people, isn't it? It is. It's very hard. And uh, and I, I, I tell our franchisees to dedicate one manager, and that's all they do is hire our staff. And if, if they demonstrate that they can... can consistently hire good staff then leave them in that position don't it just makes me crazy whenever we have people that come in and are looking for an interview and they say well yeah come back or i don't have time now or 
and they and they put them off, or they say they tell the lead server go over and interview them. Mm. Well, that's the most important thing we do is hiring and hiring spectacular help, not just help, but spectacular help. And the franchisees that get that, that that's what we're all about, that that's what's so important about our brand, they do it, and they do it, they do it right. The others, I, I don't know, I'm still working on that key phrase or that idea that gets them to turn the light on in their mind, that that's yeah. that important for them. To make it, you know, and it gets back to that non-rule stuff. You have to kind of develop some really great principles in the business. You know, so that yep. people follow these principles and the details. Eh, they're gonna they're gonna make mistakes, right? They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do things wrong, like they shouldn't have done this, or they got a little too risque, or they got a little too corporate. You know, but no one died, and that's as long as you can keep your people focused on that. But that, again, it's it's difficult to do that, and you got to have good people that know how to make that decision. It is, and we feel, and, and it's that important that. As soon as a franchisee signs their agreement with us, the FDD, that they um, come in for a week, and we call it our brand training, and we want to start them off right. We will go from our, our, our purpose, our mission statement, our goals, our core values. We go over all of that with them from the get-go, because as soon as they sign that contract, they're a representative of us in that market. And uh, there may be uh, people calling them for an interview. Uh, and with our brand, you know, we're, we're a little edgy. If you don't handle that correctly, it, you can come off as something different than what we intended to. You know, I, I'm, I'm now thinking about your time on Undercover Boss, and I remember one of your competitors. Did you watch the show of one of your competitors before you did Undercover Boss? I did. I did. You know I which did. one I'm talking that about, all, right? That, that Hooters yes, episode yes, where the guy did what he did? I, I got to tell you. Yes, did you that, was, that was just awful. You, yeah, awful. I wanted to punch it's a guy in the face. I literally. I know. I, oh, it made me sick. It made, it, it made me mad, too, and unfortunately, a lot of that kind of blew back on us a little bit, yep. you know, because uh, they sometimes see that edgy, that sex appeal that, a lot, frankly, a lot of companies trade upon, but it kind of reflects on us a little bit, too, and I think that we do that kind of thing. It made me mad. It made me mad for the whole business. That, the whole industry, was, yeah. yeah. Folks, what I'm talking about, there was a contest, to see if I remember this, uh, Ron, you might remember it, but it, the, the guy made this, uh, the the gals that work in the, uh, the Hooter Girls, made them do kind of a really demeaning contest to see who could go home early. I think that's what it was. It's been years since I watched it, and it was just disgusting what he made them do, and and I thought, was, the guy was, should be fired. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, and I and I they they said that he was given uh, um, some kind of counseling, yeah. and they probably did. But then I heard later that he was either dismissed yeah, or he left on yeah, his own. You can't, yeah. yeah, you're not going to drive that out. So what did you what did you learn? I mean, first of all, I can't believe you're, you're sick. Like you're bigger than I am. I'm six foot three, two hundred and some odd pounds, and you're six foot six, yeah. man. So and yeah, it's six. I, Six foot six. <laughs> that's what I told. Uh, that's why I told the the, the producer of CBS. 
yes. And I said, well, he goes, I said, I've seen some of your costumes. I, there's no way. Yeah. And he said, well, we only go to the extent of, uh, that we think because those people aren't well known or they may even be new in their position in yeah. the company. And so we only go as far as we need to. And we understand we're going to have to do something, uh, different. And of course, they, they fitted a wig to me, obviously, like they do most of them, and then had the picture of the big Lebowski on there. So we want them to look like that. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> well, I thought they did a good job. Was. I mean, I, I I was reading that what they made your wig of, because my team does a good job digging up background on this. You had yak hair? It was made from yak hair? Yep. Well, that was the yak hair was what they glued on my chin oh, to God. do the, the, that ugly, awful goatee. Yeah. But the uh, the wig was actually a wig that was fitted to me in Scottsdale. Is that right? They, that were they, glue, they glue it on or what? And staple it on. It was glued on, <laughs> and it stayed on for the 11 days of that oh. production. You know, so it's, uh, Yikes. you know, it goes on. You, you do more episodes, you do yeah. more people than they actually show, and yeah. then they, yeah. they choose what they want to show out of it. Yeah, know, they did. It's a lot of, yeah. by the way, you know, I have my own television show. I have two of them, actually, the, the C-Suite, and then I also have Executive Perspective, which are all on C-Suite TV. It takes a lot more time than what you think, doesn't it? Oh, man. There was, they had hundreds of, hundreds of hours of yeah. interviews with those employees individually, me, yeah. together, working, uh, you know, hundreds that, that, that they never showed. <laughs> and they had some really uh, some, a lot of material to choose from when they made that show. Yeah. What What was the biggest thing you learned? Well, the biggest thing I learned for for us is that we hire a lot of young, really young people yeah. because to to fit the costume that we have for our concept, you tend to be very young yeah. and, and to fit it. And and sometimes it's their first job. And, and, you know, we have, um, we're a true sports bar. We, we don't have any route, really any routiness or anything, but we do serve alcohol. So you you got a lot of 18, 19, 20 year olds in the job serving 21 or older. Exactly. In that environment. So we, what, what they need is a mentor. And so we've, we try to encourage all of the franchisees to have some of their, er, er, their older servers that will serve as mentors to these very young ones, particularly if they're 20, 19, 21, mm-hmm. depending on the age in the state. And uh, that's worked out real well. Yeah. And uh, then the second thing is that I understand it's all about the servers and that our managers back off a little bit and they don't, do, we don't do the table touches like a, a normal restaurant does where you go up and say, good evening, how are you doing, how's everything, blah, 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 blah. Thank you very much for coming in and then on to the next table. We don't do that. Yep. But what we do is we stand back a little bit, but what we found out is that we had some managers standing back too far. Yeah. And they, they weren't hearing what was said at the table. So we're training now that says, yes, you need to be at the table, but you don't need to be at the front. When you go to the table, a server needs to be with you, but you may be assisting them running food. Mm-hmm. So you can drink, so you can hear what they're saying at the table, because there can be stuff being said at the table 
that you're not real crazy about it, is I experienced an undercover boss. Yeah. And I was shocked, you know, so. So they um, need to spend more time yeah. out in front where the customers were than back in the back. Right. And we didn't have so much the problem with uh, the, the managers being in the back so much as that they were too far back. Yeah. They may be, you know, they may be 30 or 40 feet from a table observing it, but they couldn't hear what was being mm. said. Sometimes they need to just simply run the food with that server to that table and listen and hear, are they taking care of our guests? Yeah. That's get a, up a, a little closer to the customer. That's an interesting concept. I, I, I like that idea. Let me take another break. I want to come back, and I want to talk about family, too. So, hey, um, I got a secret weapon run I'm telling, I want to talk to people about, and it's about emails. It, the, I, this is my, my favorite, favorite, favorite tool I use. I went after this company. I found them, and I asked them to come in into this uh, and, and help me. Um, provide this as a tool for everybody and it's called SaneBox, s-a-n-e box it intelligently sorts your emails so you can deal with the most important ones right away i want you to check out this time saver hey man i'm telling you it saves me hours a day i spend uh every morning i used to get up 100 emails 200 emails in my inbox and it was just freaking me out and so now i wake up and i get like 10 15 maybe 12 and what happens is i train it I take SaneBox over a period of two or three days, and I drag and drop these emails into boxes, which is like the black hole where I never want to see them again, or I want to get to later email box, or um, one that says newsletters, or one that says junk mail, or whatever. And over two to three days, it trains these emails. So as they come in, I never see them. And that, more importantly, if I want to follow up with somebody, I tag them in the CC like one day, two day, three day, four weeks, five weeks, uh, five o'clock. And it pops back up in my email box if they haven't answered me, which is a great sign. I don't have to go looking for things. I don't have to keep a list. And this has been one of the best tools. And so here, my gift to you, anyone that's listening, you get two weeks of this free. By the way, it only costs like 25 bucks a month. I actually bought this for everyone in every company I own because it's that much of a time saver and they love it. It's our favorite tool. So you go to www.sanebox, S-A-N-E, box.com forward slash my name. Hazlet, and you'll get two weeks free. It's my gift to you. Use it, use it, use it. So, cool. Uh, you probably get a lot of email too, don't you, Ron? I do. Yeah. I get, uh, maybe I don't get hundreds, but I get <laughs> I get a lot. And a lot, of, I don't know how they do that, how they get my email address. Well, yeah. they're smart. They, they do, they're they smart. pop up, and yeah. you don't, you, it's just a time consumer. Yeah, it yeah. is big time. Hey, you've got family members in your business, as I do. Um, how do you find yeah. it in your culture to make that work? You know, I, uh, I, you know, I don't know any different. My dad was an entrepreneur, and I worked with him a lot. What'd your dad my do? Brother, what did your dad worked, do? What did he do? My dad was originally a CPA, but he he was in the oil and gas business. He was in the land development business, and he always was an entrepreneur. And I I grew up not knowing any different, and and I would work with him some and. Uh, uh, you know, it was, and my brother did the same. So, and now we've got, he works for me here as a, um, as an attorney and helps me and he's a partner in my business. But I have my two daughters that work here. One, one does our marketing and she's been, she came up as a, as a server manager and now does our marketing. And, 
yeah, it's it's That's fun. Awesome. It's 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 entertaining. We don't have any any conflicts. Uh, I mean, certainly we have our disagreements on the way things go, but they don't ever get personal. And, yeah, does it? Is it tough? It, I find can, it, I, it. It is tough to separate being a dad from being the boss sometimes, right? It is. Yeah, I mean, I have that problem with my children, uh, more so with one of my children than the other, just because <laughs> of they're more like me than the other one's more like his mother. And so now I, I gave you know, it to my I, daughter. I think that <laughs> yeah, my daughter. It's and funny I, how that I, happens. I think I have the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 but so how do you do that? I, I, I separate it by I have them report to somebody else. Well, they do. Yeah. In in uh, other than my brother, who I've worked yeah. with for years, the the attorney, and and uh, but yeah, my daughters report to somebody else, and so they get the day to day interaction supervision with somebody else. Yeah, that helps a lot. That helps a lot. Hey, I want to give you a chance for a shameless plug because you you just been awesome to talk to. I I think I could sit here and talk to you for another hour, but we're coming up to the end of our time. Yeah, is there a, a charity or you want to plug the business? You want to plug a sandwich? You want to plug some haggis? I don't care. You know, <laughs> what would you, I want to give well, you a you, chance for a shameless plug. A uh, shameless plug. We're coming to the tilt and kilt. You'll have a great time. So we're opening up soon in Fenway Park. Uh, Oh, we'll wow. be in Houston and League City very shortly, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Poughkeepsie, New York. Those are kind of our next opening, so be looking for them. God, I, and, you know what? Uh, I might have to give you a call and get you one to do one in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, my hometown. That'd be awesome. And, and then people that already have a tilted kilt in, in their area, once a year we do a Tolls of Honor, um, a charity donation. We sell dog tags, and it, it goes for... Um, uh, it goes for families. Actually, it goes for families who who their spouses have been killed either in uh, or are wounded or disabled, and it goes for education for their kids. And it's really, really a good cause. And we sell dollar dog tags and five dollar dog tags, and and so when that comes up this year, uh, and, and your server offers, please please do that. It goes goes for a worthy cause and we raise probably $150,000 a year for, for that organization awesome. a dollar at a time. So That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it so much, Ron. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to go and I'm going to go I'm going to go. I promise you, I'm going to go to a, a, one of your locations soon. I'm going to have some good Scottish whiskey or scotch as they would call it, you know, or yeah, I would call yeah. it, which I'm going to have some Glenfiddich because that's one of my favorite <laughs> ones. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, you got it. Do you like yeah, Glenfiddich? I, do you ever have a little Glenfiddich? I do, I do. But my my drink is Guinness. Oh, you know, Guinness. I, well, you, you know, can't go wrong with that I'm, either. Come on, that's that's yeah, not bad. Yeah, so that's my regular drink in the pub. <laughs> oh, good for you. Well, listen. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about the things I learned. I learned a lot. I like this guy. First of all, that was always great when you learn to like a guy that uh, you're doing an interview with. But aside from that, what did I learn? I like the way he talked about how we sometimes get corporate. You know how much I hate corporate. And the fact that we try to bring things to the middle so they're more like the same, which is bad. We talked about one of the other companies that might be doing that. I don't want to mention names because I don't like to talk ill will of companies for the most part, unless you're just outrageously bad. 
But the fact that sometimes we try to bring things to the middle to make them more the same, and when we do that, we don't have the uniqueness, and I think that's the key word that he used. So what's your uniqueness, and how do you stay fresh and take yourself to the edge by being a little bit more edgy, but not going over the edge, but, you know, where it's a little bit more dangerous, so to speak, in terms of just being more unique. And I think that's a key learning that we had right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Don't forget, do me a favor tell your friends. I need your friends to be uh, with us and listening. So if you could pass this on to somebody else and say, hey, it's worth a listen, I'd appreciate it. you find us right here, All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on CBS Radio, Play.it, and iTunes. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.